you see, with the high technology that the Wizard of Oz has behind the curtain there, the guy who pulls all the levers and scares all the peasantry, we've got to be convinced there's a problem with the weather. And the harp technology, in combination with the spraying of metallic particles, the very stuff that Teller advocated to the Pentagon back in the 50s that they do, they're actually using it. And it's, it comes under silent weapons for quiet wars. And this is a war on the minds of the public. I'll be back with a lot more on this particular luminescent topic for those who are illuminated after the following messages. satellite that was launched in April of this year. 
sitting 600 kilometers above the Earth, the spacecraft has the perfect vantage point from which to study clouds that are also sometimes referred to as polar mesospheric clouds. They form at high altitude latitudes during summer months in extremely cold, dry, it's 100,000 times drier than the Sahara Desert, and low pressure, 100,000 times less than the Earth's surface environment. Well, they just don't know why that's happening, but that AIM probe managed to do, do a, a strange uh, kind of bit of um, gymnastics and take a, a photograph that's obviously taken from a hilltop, because you can see it from the angle. And this is them uh, superheating the atmosphere, and the HARP also uses the ionosphere way up there where these particular types of clouds are forming. Quite a coincidence. So there's your there's your little blurb there about uh, their excuse for it. They haven't found it yet. It's, a, it's probably global warming that's causing it. So they claim. Meanwhile, they're causing the global warming because we must be convinced to completely change our ways and pay through the nose for every tax that, that comes along to help green us all the new religion of the world. Now we also have some callers on the line, so we should start taking them. There's Roy from Illinois. Are you there, Roy? Hello? 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 Alan? Yes. Oh, hi, this is Roy. Okay, good. We got you at last. Must be that, that funny luminescent cloud there. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How's everything up in the Great White North? Oh, it's getting whiter. I was thinking of transporting all the snow to the North Pole. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> well, all the stuff in my back garden would restore the North Pole back to normal. <laughs> That's the whole global warming issue, right? That's it. Yeah. Um, where, where is it when you need it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I wanted to touch on the uh, the clouds and the chemtrails. Um, we've all been been hearing about the, uh, the Real ID Act and... Um, the microchip and all this, uh, the fear mongering that's going on. But what what do you think about the uh, the possibility of the release of the uh, the nanotechnology through uh, the chemtrails and bring, breathing it in and having the machines assimilate us in that way? Uh, there's no doubt that it can be done. It can be done. Uh, what's stopping it may be a technical problem. Or it might simply get out of hand. I mean, nanotechnology, each, each part of the, the uh, these tiny, minuscule, you know, literally, computers or circuits are programmed to attach themselves to other ones and form bigger circuits. And uh, you, you don't know how they'd even get out of hand if they're programmed to continue making one massive circuit across the whole planet. Uh, that's how they're geared. It's almost like putting a jigsaw puzzle together. Uh, that's how they work. And at least that's all the theory that's been given to the public at the bottom. However, I'm, I'm sure they're so far ahead in this that when we were told about nanotechnology, uh, they were, they'd already, it was probably almost obsolete already, I suppose. Well, this is true. I mean, any, any information that we get has, has been on the books for the, at least the past 30 or so years. I mean, and, and in use, yeah. Uh, I, well, I, well, maybe that's, that's where all these, uh, these cancers are coming from. And, and the reason why... Our, uh, our our eyes are, are blocked from seeing the truth that's in, in front of us, you know? Well, they started with the inoculations. That was the easiest way to get something in your body. Well, exactly, exactly. Tell you it's good for you and then, you know, shoot you up with, with all the toxic soup chemicals, you know? Yes, but first you inoculate to make sure we're all a bit dumber than we should be. Uh, we also are more prone to infections. Everyone who's had inoculations 
from from their birth rate onwards has a, a vastly reduced immune system. And so we are technically weak against things that are common, like the common cold. Yeah, from the day we're born. Uh, yeah, they, they literally, that was part of it. And I'm not making that up because, I mean, people talked about this in the 1800 at big meetings, uh, how to bring back diseases to bring the population down. Uh, and, in, and as far as the 1950s, you have Charles Galton, Darwin, and, and Arthur Kessler talking about it too, and they mentioned that the easiest way is to inject something right into the bloodstream of people that would affect them, that would affect their virility, that would affect their immune system, and so on. And then we find out that when Kissinger was up there as the main character on Peyton Place, you know, the, the White House, he said that the, the greatest enemy to the state was overpopulation. And he put it on the books, and that was an, a legal act, uh, as a big legal statement. And so he targeted, targeted overpopulation, and that's when they allocated all the money towards uh, uh, certain things which would cause autoimmune problems. It would actually attack the immune system, and, and uh, you'd have no ability against natural infections, and out comes AIDS shortly thereafter. So uh, this is no coincidence. This is an agenda of eugenics and Absolutely. population reduction. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. You know, go ahead. I was going to say they also went for the food big time because even in ancient times, food was used as a weapon. And, uh, people well, it still is. Oh, it still is. It still is. I mean, especially with uh, the wildfires that happened in California. I mean, we look at Katrina, and uh, they had all everybody crammed into the Superdome, and it was horrible. I mean, it was three days before you yeah. know, FEMA even got around. And then they turn around, and the next one that happens is the California wildfires, and they shove everybody in there. Oh, and they give them, you know, three, three meals a day, you know, back mm -hmm. massages if they need it, you know. Yeah. Food is a weapon. You know? yeah, food is a weapon, and that was stated at the Department of Agriculture, the United Nations, where, where the woman who was in charge a few years ago said that down through history, food had always been used as a weapon, and if necessary, be used again. We saw that with the embargo on Iraq between the two Gulf Wars, where they, where they starved to death. Uh, now they're claiming it's over a million people, and they also withheld medical aid, so, the, so women and children were dying too. Um, so this is the world we live in. It's run by psychopaths, there's no doubt about it. Well, absolutely. And it's, it's more than just psychopath. That's, that's a human term. Let's just face it, it's, it's pure evil is what it is. It's pure evil, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I, I can remember Madeleine Albright when she was ambassador to the UN and she was asked on television if she thought that this embargo that killed so many Iraqi men, women and children by, and remember, too, the, the U.S. Air Force went after the infrastructure. That's your water, your food supplies, everything for the whole nation. And uh, Speaking of water, it amazed me. I, I had never seen Dr. Strangelove until the other night. Yeah. And they were talking about fluoridation of the water 50 years ago almost. Oh, yeah, even even further back in the 40s. they were. In fact, in the 30s, they were talking about it, and they did it in some places. But it's, it's so. good for you, though, right? Yeah, drink up. Drink up yeah, well, that. they knew. They knew that it did... Uh, make you more compliant, uh, made the populations more compliant. The Soviets looked into it. Uh, Nazi Germany uh, advocated it on countries that they'd taken over to be added to their water supply to make them more docile and compliant. Yeah. But, the, but the food today now is genetically modified. It's also uh, denourishing to eat the kind of food they give us now because with intensive farming and all the chemicals and with, with the, the GMO foods, they can make good-looking food 
but there's no real minerals involved. Oh, absolutely. In you know, you yeah. look at an apple that, that has been genetically modified, and it's it's the size of a grapefruit, and it's yeah. nice and bright and shiny, and it looks all appealing, but, you know, there's, yeah, exactly, there's nothing in it. Yeah. But uh, one more topic I wanted to, uh, to touch on. Um, you mentioned the, the, the destruction of, of, of women and children. Uh, children specifically, I've been noticing a lot of subliminal messages in magazines and other things recently. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Hold on, we'll continue after these messages. about <clears throat> supposedly this is what they're saying is 
the world's largest uh, petroleum oil and gas reserves have now been found in Paraguay, and they intend to move <clears throat> their center of operations and to Paraguay, which will become become their hub of yeah. uh, oil and gas operations for the uh, the Americas. Yes, and then also you probably noticed that the Bush family had bought huge tracts of land down there about a year ago. Yeah, in, in I was preparation for just having to own the land that would be necessary to build the refineries on and so on. Yes, that that immediately came came to mind. That uh, I remember reading that was an AP story. So that that's factual. That uh, strange coincidence that just so happens to be where the Bush family has has bought. Well, they've always been at this all through World War Two. You had one of the Bushes uh, was charged with trading with the enemy because he helped create ING Farben that supplied uh, the Nazi war machine with what it needed mm-hmm. through a bank they had in New York. Uh, this, this family has been, you know, either dealing in drugs or laundering money or in the big business like the true fascists they are uh, for centuries. Yeah, the Union Banking Corporation that uh, Prescott Bush was involved with. And um, it, it makes me. Uh, Touch upon a few elements uh, to uh, what this means or could potentially mean. For one, it could be that these um, these corporate types uh, are ready to move their hub and the center of uh, their operations to uh, Paraguay and other places uh, in South America, rather than keeping yeah. them in the United States any longer. Mm-hmm. One and and also it plays into you know creating this uh, you know American Union of of all the Americas, not just North America, mm-hmm. and, and economically because it kind of reads as though uh, the U.S. will invest billions, and of course uh, you know it's not the U.S. It's the taxpayer paying for all this, and then you know it's in our interest. To go to uh, build build up uh, help build, help Pantera Petroleum and Chevron Corporation build up this so benefit us, which of of course we know that that's not the way that it works. Yeah, these but, guys these guys remember are internationalists. They always were. Yeah, and but they then, know how to clothe themselves in the in in the flags and and the symbols of a tribe. Exactly, and they can down through the centuries doing the same thing country to country. Yep, exactly. And then, yeah, that, that's what, yeah, they cloak themselves in the the American flag and saying this is in the interest of, you know, the U.S., yeah. uh, America. But actually, it's just, you know, probably a way to uh, subtly advance their program of uh, the uh, Union of the Americas. You better believe it. You better believe it. Everything they do is a long-term agenda. I'll be back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
back. We're cutting through the matrix, and we'll move on to Wayne from Oregon. Are you there, Wayne? Hello, Wayne. Hello. Yes, can you go ahead, please. Oh, this this isn't Wayne, though. This is Garen. I'm still on the line. Oh, you're still on the line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any last comments? Yeah, I just there was this. Uh, there's a graphic to the report, yep. and um, it's kind of pretty funny in a way that they they have the graphic of you know North, uh, Central, and South America, and they have. Uh, the United States in red, then Texas in a pink color, and then they have uh, Central and South America in blue, and then Paraguay is in red, and they uh-huh. they have this big swooping arrow that gets smaller from Texas, bigger to Paraguay, and it's and it's you know just it just gives you this image of like, well there goes uh, you know U.S. companies. Or, the oil companies, gas companies, whatever interest, uh, you know, to you know, with this big arrow flying over to Paraguay, and like we talked about, the bushes, you know, uh, they're probably flying on this big arrow, where you know, right along with the with all the other uh, resources, or yeah. you know, the the uh, corporate um, types that control the resources, right over from Texas to Paraguay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's why, too, they've had uh, 50 years' war on Latin America in preparation for all of this. They wanted uh, a system already in place where they controlled all the dictators and all the rest of it so they'd have no problem setting all of this up. Uh, that's why they did it in Chile for years, because they had Chile marked out to be the breadbasket. They would grow all the vegetables and fruits under the NAFTA agreement so they, they made sure that they kept uh, the war going there, and they funded their own their own particular side. It's, they've been doing this for donkeys years, and, and nothing's changed. These are pirates at the top, you understand. Mm, yeah. They're and bonesmen. They're pirates, yeah, and it, and they make no no bones about it. Yeah, well, they're proud of it. They're pirates, and they're proud of it. Yes, but I have to move on. Okay, uh, yes. to the next caller. Yeah. Thanks for calling. So Wayne in Oregon, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, am I on? Yes, go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I uh, just wanted to, you know, about your uh, caller there before talking about one of those they live kind of moments yeah. that I recently had. Um, I was just uh, listening to Alex Jones, you know, and he was talking about some guy called about the no planes theory, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, I know this is kind of like old hat, but. Anyway, um, I just kind of looked into it a little bit more and uh, started to kind of look at some of the videos, and one of them was something I'd seen a long time ago where uh, a plane was, you know, going at about 500 miles and crashes into a a concrete wall and just disintegrates, you know? Yeah. And uh, anyway, you know, I guess it's a foregone conclusion, but it's kind of like one of those things where (laughs) – in, in a sense, you know, I mean, it's like if if those, you know, that kind of like reduces everything that you see on there, uh, all the footage and stuff, kind of reduces it to kind of trickery in a way, you know. Well, if, trickery has been used, uh, I mean, that's, the media's been doing that for an awful long time. Yeah. And uh, I always tell people that before they went into to, uh, Bosnia and Yugoslavia, they brought a movie out about a year beforehand called Wag the Dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Wag the Dog 
was was about what, the coming war uh, in Yugoslavia. Right down, they've written the whole script. In fact, they followed the script, I think, for the war because everything they had in it was was in the movie happened a year later for the same reasons. And even the stunts they pulled off in the movie to fool the public were used in that war for the public in real life a year later. Yeah. They were being laughed at, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I guess that's the board guys in Hollywood because they have their relatives and, of course, with their friends, too, in the Pentagon. The Pentagon, you realize, does fund most of Hollywood today. And so they were given the scripts and they write the stories around the particular script they're given. Uh, again, predictive programming. Uh, the, the Pentagon's admitted they spend millions and millions every year. And it's not new. They've been doing this since the 1950s. Sure. Uh, and, and hand in glove with Hollywood. In fact, even well, during World War II, there's very good books ab- about Hollywood and war. Uh, they're very good books on how they, they, they even convinced the young troops in World War II uh, to go off and fight um, the, the Germans. And they, they used actors dressed up as military soldiers, guys that the young guys would look up to, you see, as heroes, to convince them to go off and, and fight, but never tell them the real reason. So Hollywood... Um, has always been used for predictive programming, uh, and, and it hasn't changed. And, and now your mainstream media, if you notice your whole media, uh, the format of the media has entertainment mixed with what's called news, with sports as well, with ads, bizarre ads, and the whole thing becomes surrealistic. It's all mm. meshed together, mm. and that in itself is a psyops operation. Yeah, it's it's really just funny how it could actually, you know, um, how, how it could be duped. You know, not to see that, you know, think about the old footage of, you know, planes running into, um, you know, yeah. concrete walls. It's just because That's of right. all the, and, and all the outside stuff, you know, all the, the, the you, know, you know, stuff surrounding the event. It's kind of like a big, um, you know, like a big act. Or, it was know, a big act. A play, you know. Kind it of. was a big act, including the cameras that were set at the right angles to capture it all and all. This was known way in advance. It was a must-be operation. Uh, yeah, including some of the actors years later, too, you know, just, I mean, just through, like, the some of the, um, you know, just the, it, was there no plane or were there, you know, it's kind of like, well, wait a second, planes don't, act, you know, planes wouldn't just melt into a building like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, you can argue that forever. The fact is, I don't think they found a single piece of a plane. That, that's the odd part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, but they found out an intact passport. <laughs> that they later admit was bogus. They lied about it. So if they lie about that, they lie about everything, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and every TV station on the planet was ready to go with the same clips to make sure it was repeated. They used this, they used this technique of psychic driving. It's a horror movement. They, they used it for years with race cars, knowing that the people would tune in and they could show crashes over and over again. And, and they knew it had a psychological imprinting on the brain with psychic driving. So they used the same techniques with the towers. They were all prepared for it. It was a must-be, and 2001 was the, was the year picked to do it. They went down with demolition charges. We're not that stupid. We've seen it often enough on television, too. So <laughs> they couldn't have got this plan ahead without this happening. And every country came out, the top secret services of every country came out admitting they knew about it and warned them how come it was allowed to happen. It was allowed to happen because it was planned that way. Yeah. Very well, simple. Case closed. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for uh, for uh, discussing it anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, thank, thanks for calling. Yeah. All right. Talk to you later, maybe. Bye now. Now, we've got, we've got uh, Maggie from Texas. Are you there, Maggie? Uh, yes, Mr. Watt. <clears throat> Go ahead, please. 
Yeah, um, there has been a lot of very heavy spraying recently in our area. Uh, Just the usual stuff, uh, parallel streaks from horizon to horizon, cross-hatching and giant X's everywhere. And in spite of all this, I have friends who can look at all that and swear they see nothing different from the uh, uh, moisture uh, contrails that we saw when we were kids 40 years ago or or whatever. Now, you and other uh, people, too, have said that this is really out in the open now and has been admitted to. And I'm wondering if you can point me in the direction of documents that I can read yeah. that will that will establish this, because a Google search hasn't helped me much. I've gotten allusions to Project Cloverleaf and so on, but they fall short of proof because yeah. it's somebody saying it. So anything you can help me to find at the library or on the Internet. Yeah, there's... Um... There's one guy, I can't vouch for him. I'm often wary of the people who are put in front of us, in front of the public, yeah. uh, on, on different things. They, they tend to give us our champions to come out with information for the first time. And you know they've got an inside handle into the information they actually give you. Right, there's some guy who's been based at the Philippines. Mm-hmm. He's a spokesman. And that's the person I came to by myself. And it falls short of proof, in my opinion, although it's interesting and persuasive. Yes, there was one guy, he's called uh, William Thomas, mm-hmm. and he, I think he's affiliated with some UN group. I'm not, not quite mm-hmm. sure on that, but he did put an article out recently on the trails where an oversight committee leader had, uh, for, the, for this particular project, uh, had come out and admitted that they are doing it, spun it towards they're going to help save the planet from global warming, but did go into the other effects the military use it for, um, including the harp te- technologies and how it can be used to affect people uh, physically and mentally as well. So all of that was jammed in the same article. And if you email me, I'll, well, I'll try and send it to you. Right. Okay. I thank you very much. And also, so... Do you have any original documents or nowhere to find actual documents? You'll have to go into um, the Open Sky Treaty. Now, I won't give you it in detail. It's an odd treaty. Mm-hmm. The only gave us one paragraph in the newspapers that the countries were signing this Open Skies Treaty. Yes, I heard about and, that. And you remember there's two versions. One is for commercial aircraft. The other one is for military. It's the military ones you want. Mm-hmm. And and also go into the writings of Teller, that's T-E-L-L-R. Oh, right, okay. Because he was the inventor uh, of the H-bomb, and he also came up with this idea of seeding the air, the atmosphere, with metallic substances, especially aluminum oxide. Yes, I did. I did hear about that, but at the time he was writing about it, he was only he was proposing it. That's right. But he get, he just go through. If you look at the patents, he goes through the reasons why and what it would do. Okay. And the, the military applications it would have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And also look into the to the Weather Warfare Treaty that was signed at the United Nations in the 1970s, mm-hmm. because it was through the HARP technology plus the seeding of the air, and for, for military purposes. Okay. That's in the treaty. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. Now there's Daniel in California. Are you there, Daniel? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead, please. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say, Alan, what a pleasure it is to speak with you. Um, you've opened me up to so much. I'd like just to thank you for all your work that you're doing. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, 
I have a question. I have two questions regarding Carl Jung. Um, yeah. I took I took your advice and I picked up his Undiscovered Self, mm-hmm. and in there he knows so much um, about the war on the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he? In there he speaks of this the state um, and this elite that's running the state. How did he know so much? Carl Jung was born into an influential family, and his father. Uh, was the head of uh, the, the, the high Masonic society in his uh, country. So he mixed with those people. Um, and when he got up into the realms of psychology and psychiatry, he, I mean, remember that he was picked along with uh, Freud. He studied with Freud as well. Yes. And uh, he, the dispute they had, and it, that's telling in itself, the dispute they had was that Freud wanted and told him to make the sexual drive, libido, uh, the main the main driving force in all human uh, endeavors. Yeah, it's almost like he agreed with him, but he was almost as a like a counter. Yes, but what he did was he, what he said, "I won't push this as a dogma because it's not true." Yeah, I see. and 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 Young was terrified. He says. He said, well, there's only one other explanation for the way that humans are. And, and if we go there, we're going into the occult. Cult, yeah. And you see, that terrified Freud. Uh, but Carl Jung knew from his own experiences that there was more to the world than just what we see. So do you think, do you think that this book was, is kind of a, a warning or a, yes, a, a last warning. cry to the individual? He also wrote a book. Uh, it was called, um, I think, uh, Memories, Dreams, or Reflections. It's along that, that, that kind of line where he goes into that further uh, with a warning to the world. He says, uh, he says, I see a world not just with a, a, an iron curtain, a wall dividing countries like the Soviet Union had in Germany. Um, he said, I see a, a world, a solid wall of bureaucracy imprisoning the rights and freedoms of every individual. Oh, man, it's amazing. I, I mean, I, when I picked up his, I, I just read the first chapter and I was blown away. Yeah. And um, it, it opened me up so much, I just I couldn't put it down. Yeah. And um, I have another question regarding uh, 2001, uh, a Space Odyssey. Yeah. Um, in there, I had watched this thing on, on YouTube that um, there's a couple of sections in the, in the movie where the screen goes black, but that ominous music that comes on when the monolith comes on, Yeah. Um, like when the monkeys are, are, are looking at it, and at the end, when um, they, um, they're on the moon and they're walking down, and that music comes on, huh. well, there's like during the intermission, the, the screen goes black, and yep. um, the music comes on again. Is that the monolith talking to us? It's the monolith uh, talking uh, to the ones. See, the monolith in the story was it's better in the book. It's more explicit. The monolith, which again is a, is a flat obelisk, and uh, it's actually the same as the United Nations building, if you look at it, <laughs> as black too. And uh, it was testing the different members of the group to see who had the necessary characteristics to, be, to give leadership qualities to. And so it literally tested them out physically, mentally, and so on, and picked one. Uh, and that was, so while they were sleeping, the right, they were actually doing all this, and it picks one and conditions him. It puts the spirit in, you might say, the programming in him. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, I, when I had seen that today, it, it kind of hit me because when people, I, I noticed that myself, when I watched that movie and I seen that when that screen popped up and, and that music was coming on, I kind of, it was like, it was really ominous and almost yeah. like if it was hitting my subconscious. Yes. Yeah. And.
and, um, and I'm sure in the music too, it would be designed in such a way that it would affect you that way. Music can stir particular emotions. It's a science in itself. And uh, when that, the, you always notice, for instance, they use the horns when they're doing buccaneers and pirates yeah, yeah, yeah. and sea, and, and that gives the flavor of the sea, even though we can't explain why. Well, uh, sequences of, remember, notes and everything else, too, are sequences of mathematics, and they're also part, every sense you have has its own language, and you can get programmed even through music to respond emotionally in a certain way. It's quite easy. Wow. Do you think that the individual who notices these things and... Um consciously is is aware of them, blocks them out in that way? Or how do you think people who understand these things can block them out just by the simple understanding or by... Being simply aware of it and also aware of the emotion it tries to bring on. Yes, uh, correct. Simply being aware will stop it from affecting you or programming you. Because yeah. I noticed that TV, com even commercials, there's this commercial about uh, about a credit card, and you know, every, this, the, the 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 commercial it works like a it's like a machine. In yep. the commercial, everybody's is is prancing around like a machine, yep. and, and um, everybody's in order one, two, three, four, five, you know. And then somebody tries to use cash, and it puts a wrench in the system. Yes, that's right. And see, when I see that, I see, my God, what are they? What are they trying to show us? That money's bad. That's right. It's coming money is bad. Cashless. Thanks for calling. Oh, thanks, John. Thanks. Back after the following messages. Recommended that the uh, by Carl Jung that uh, the guy was praising so highly the first book that uh, he mentioned a couple a call or two ago. Uh, well, I know I mentioned the, the memories, the, the dreams and reflection ones, but um, uh, I've read them all. Well, the, the the one the caller was talking about. Yeah, just yeah, up. yeah. It's to do with perceptions. Um, I say, right, my, my brain go back a bit. Oh, uh, okay, that's right. Yeah. Well, well, I've mentioned them before on my previous... In fact, some of my blurbs, you'll find them in there if you go into the archives. Oh, okay, great. Well, the, the, the main reason I called, I emailed you a few days ago something I thought you might find interesting, and I wonder if you had a chance to, to check out my email on the two sites I had on it. I, mm -hmm. My name is Mike Cunningham. I put on there... Website on the email that I got relatives. My grandfather's from Roscommon County in Ireland, by the way. Yeah. And the, but the subject matter was gang stalking, and yeah. I wonder if if you had a chance to check out my email and then check out the websites, especially the, the uh, they had like a video two or two on there. I just wonder if you had a chance to check that out. Not yet. I seldom get a chance, in fact, to check out. The, if I haven't seen a video for about a year, <laughs> I don't have time. Well, well, it, it was just a short little video about this one woman. It's this phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's a relatively new thing, and I, I'm not quite sure what to make of it, where people 
or, or yeah, shadow? I know, I know the whole story, but it's a long story. Uh, but to be honest with you, the, the, the government has been doing experiments, there's no doubt, uh, in picking certain individuals and giving them a really tough time by bizarre things happening in their lives. And it's all to observe how individuals act uh, when they're under stress from a situation that they can't comprehend. It's simply too unnatural. And they do these particular uh, things quite often on generally normal people. They see how normal people would react. And if they break down or go and see the psychiatrist or whatever... Um, but yeah, I've actually visited some of the people who've had this happen to them personally. Yeah. So, so then, so then, do you think this is, this is merely just a, a intellectual exercise or an experiment by the government to see how yeah, people we, we react? Been, yeah, we we do get studied all the time. They study us in school. They study us out of school. They set up situations in civilian life and and pick test subjects. And of course, the whole thing about a, a study is not to let the subject know they're being tested. So the subject tries to figure out how these bizarre things are happening to them. Uh, going into a car park, there's no cars, and suddenly six cars emerge around you and hem you in. Uh, it's all this kind of stuff to make you totally frustrated to see how far you can go before you crack. Yeah. Okay, so you don't think that these are necessarily people that are that are political activists or, oh, some or, people, or, or people that are going against the grain that are being targeted? Some Some people will be. Uh, you'll get, you get both in those particular you know, circumstances. But that's the music coming up for the end of the break, uh, the, the hour actually. It just flies in. I didn't get the last two callers, Bill and Ryan. So I'll ask him to call in again. From Hamish and myself, up here in a very snowy Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.